everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Late show here, but that's all good because Ty is going to give us a Convince Me to See of A Haunting in Venice, which just came out. So that'll be good. And then I have seen Shortcomings, which I don't know when that actually came out. I, I should probably check into that. But Shortcomings is another movie that did come out this year. I'm sure we talked about it at probably. some point because, I mean, we've been hitting pretty much every movie as they come out um it came out august 4th okay so last month um i don't i don't know if there were ever show times this might be just like a straight to prime video type movie uh, okay it's on prime then uh it is available for purchase on prime. Uh, okay i gotcha yes yes wink mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're gonna be going through those two films talk about what's coming out uh this week and i guess by this week i mean they're already out by now um and then ty will have some good well looking at the news i can't say i'm excited for any of it but we we do have movie news (laughs) i think one you might really like okay all right all right um so let's just kick it off with the haunting in vetus that is coming out yet another murder mystery type film a sequel to what is it murder on oriental express and what was the other one yeah the first one's uh murder on the orient express and the second one's uh death on the nile yeah i did not see death on the Nile. did you yeah i liked that one i didn't see okay. the first one but i actually liked death on the nile quite a bit i did not mind was. the first one either i it's um i think we called it a watered down knives out but it's yeah it, it's pretty still, much they're, they're decent movies yeah yeah if you like whodunits and all that you'll like them so this is yet another one in post-World War II Venice. Oh, God. Por- Poirot? I hope that's Poirot. how you say it. Poirot. Oh, my. That must be French or some crap. Yep, yep he's French. <laughs> uh, now retired and living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. But when one of his guests is murdered, it is up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer. So won't go into that too much until Ty... Uh, talks about it, but that did come out, and that that was probably the biggest movie that came out uh, this past weekend. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one here, Outlaw Johnny Black. This looks horrible. Uh, so, <laughs> hellbent on avenging the death of his father, Johnny Black vows to gun down Brett Clayton and becomes a wanted man in the process while posing as a preacher in a small mining town that's been taken over by a notorious land baron. Um, the reason this kind of popped up on the radar here, Ty, is... Starring Randy Couture and Cowboy Cerrone. Oh, so that's what this one is. So okay. this is another one. This is not the the one that they came out with, like, that was all talked up while Cowboy... It had Gina Carano or whatever in it, Yeah, too. yes. Okay. So this is yet... I don't know why they're getting these uh, these films, but here they are with another one. Um, it is directed by Michael J. White, who... I apparently know and recognize he played Spawn in the really bad, uh, shitty live-action version of Spawn. Okay. And then he was uh, Was Gamble in The Dark Knight, so the uh, gang leader that, remember, Joker walks into the meeting with him, and he stabs, makes a pencil disappear in one of his boys. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So that was him. Um, He is also Jax in the Mortal Kombat games, which we just got another one of those. I might actually get Mortal Kombat 1. I'm actually a pretty big fan of the Mortal Kombat games. They're always solid. Yeah, I, I'm i just not good at them. I'm not good yeah, at Yeah, me either. I usually pick games. one character, and I'll kind of try to just stick with that yeah. and learn how to do it all. But, I mean, 
people that are good at Mortal Kombat are just like they're really good and it's just no it's, use even trying. It's wild. Like we went to um so South by Southwest, obviously everyone knows it's a film festival, but they also do a gaming convention now so cool. um, as well in Austin. And we went to the gaming one and they do a bunch of tournaments. And so one of the tournaments, of course, is um, these fighter style games like uh, Mortal Kombat. But the biggest one is uh, Street Fighter. Oh, and yeah. People play on those arcade tables. Yeah. With the joysticks and the buttons. They just carry them around with them. It's so weird. It's actually yeah. crazy. They, and it's they a, prefer that to a controller. Yeah. It's an interesting culture that I don't quite understand, but it's always fascinating to watch. This album, um, Johnny Black, doesn't have terrible reviews. Yeah. Um, How many got, reviews, though? So on IMDb, it's got a 7.1 out of 10 with 101. Yeah. And on Rotten Tomatoes, this, even though it could all be a lie, 64 uh, critic and 93% audience score. Okay, interesting. Kind of crazy. I uh, oh, I have one showing. And is it, it is at the Alamo that is farthest away from me. <laughs> So not I, I'm not seeing anything there. as far as those go. No showings at all. I'm surprised. I mean, it'll probably be streaming in like a week. Yeah. Um, he kind of looks like uh, Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I was going to say that or uh, what's that other movie? Uh, dynamite. Um, something Dynamite. Not Is Napoleon, it called Black obviously. Dynamite? Was it? Yes. Yes. Oh, it's because that is him. Really? It's the same guy. There we go. Okay, that's why he looks like that. Uh, he's just playing the same character in different decades <laughs> of the year. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, interesting. Well, that was a weird memory that I recalled for some reason, because I never <laughs> saw that movie. <laughs> it's apparently really good. It's, I guess it's based on an anime. It's got 83% critic and 85 audience, so not bad. Okay. With 10,000 plus ratings. Holy shit. All right. Well, maybe we give that one a chance. I'm not convinced on Outlaw Johnny Black just yet. Yeah, no, me either. Um. All right. So next one here. Camp hideout. After a troubled teen steals an important item from two big city goons, he hides it in a church summer camp and finds he must protect his newfound friends at all costs when the goons track him down. So this is starring old Corbin Blue from High School Musical. That's a name um, I haven't heard in a really long time. Yeah, and yet again, another film that confuses me, where the main stars are kind of, not that Corbin Blue's a nobody, but he's a very forgotten name. For sure. But, but then they bring in Christopher Lloyd, you know, who's obviously pretty damn famous from the uh, Back to the Future films and quite a lot more. So I, yeah. I don't know how they end up with these folks. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yet another one, I don't, I don't, we're not going to tell you to go run to theaters to see that one because I don't even think it is in theaters. Let me confirm. Nope. Oh, wait, I got a showtime. It just took a little bit to load. It's showing everywhere here. Really? I might actually yeah. have showtime too. I mean, I'm probably still not going to see it, but. Interesting. And it has one of those, um, I don't know why a lot of those like camp style movies have this style of movie poster where it's like all, uh, caricature cartoons. Yeah. yeah, I I don't. They all do that. One of them did it, and then after that, any any movie that's at a camp has just all been like that. They need to do that for the next uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Pretty much, just Jason looking <laughs> like a Dan Hip variant on Marvel yeah. Snap. Uh, final one here: The Inventor. 
uh, inventing flying contraptions, war machines, and studying cadavers, Leonardo da Vinci tackles the meaning of life itself with the help of French princess, oh god, Marguerite de Navarre. I, I think I did pretty good on that one. I feel pretty good oh, yeah. about that. Uh, but this is uh, from the writer of Ratatouille and Lion King. Not not the newer one, the 1994 one, the good one. Oh, wow. Um, this guy has also been a story artist for a ton of Pixar films and a lot of good ones. So Bugs Life, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, Inside Out, and Monsters, Inc. So I, good vibes around this film. It currently yeah. is sitting at a 6.6, only... 133 ratings, 68 out of 100 uh, on Metacritic from 58 reviews. Uh, it it has that like animation similar to like the old Christmas movies. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. Kind of like the Rudolph. And that always kind of creeped me out, but it, it does yeah. look well done. Um, and maybe maybe it's very good. Yeah, it might be worth checking out. It's kind of it's like a really cool premise, and I kind of like the yeah. way that they look, but. Actually, some of the people in the poster kind of look like Roblox or something. It's kind of scaring me. I don't really... <laughs> it might be worth uh, checking out, though. It sounds interesting enough. Some uh, recognizable names. You, Daisy Ridley, who, of course, is oh, wow. Rey in the newer Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, Stephen Fry, who is way more famous over in Britain, I believe. Um, but he's in quite a lot of things. V for Vendetta, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, he was just in The Morning Show. He's, oh, okay. he's always kind of thrown around. He, he's in everything. I think he also did, like, he does a lot of documentaries and plays himself, I think. Oh, okay. He's he kind of like... That voice. He's the watered-down uh, Attenborough. Matt David Barry Attenborough. is hilarious. He's also in this. Yeah. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is such a funny show. <laughs> Just the best. So a lot of uh, British icons, I guess we'll call them. Pretty, yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah, a lot of British people. Yeah. And it's about an Italian guy, so <laughs> that, that might be funny here. Freaking uh, Italian. Hey. I'm walking uh, here. I'm inventing here. But that is I hope he talks like that. I really do. That would be so good. Just like New Jersey accent from, you know, what is it, sixteen hundred, something like that. Yeah. I don't know how old Leo Da Vinci is. Um but that was the last one here, Ty. Not not a ton. a uh, couple standouts, but not much here in You've already mm-hmm. seen one of them. So let's hop into the news. Yeah, let's hop into it. Not a ton of stuff this week, but some notable things. So did you ever see the movie Brightburn from back in like 2019? It was like the superhero horror movie. Uh, it was pretty much just if if Superman was a huge piece of shit. Oh, shit. Is that not? What am I thinking of with Will Smith? Oh, that's oh, just um, bright. That's just bright. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, then no, I have not seen Brightburn. It's actually pretty cool. Um, It's James Gunn produced. It made a decent bit of money on a smaller budget. Um, it's kind of random that this is like getting a sequel because it seems like it's kind of just been forgotten about, but it's pretty much just like a Superman origin story if he was like a villain or like whenever he was just like a little kid, if he was just like an asshole. So um, apparently this new movie that is going to be the sequel is going to incorporate new technology like AI in the metaverse. And I don't know if they mean that to make fun of that kind of like Megan or if they think that sounds cool and makes us want to watch it because... It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, AI it does in the metaverse. What are we even? Yeah. So huh. we have that coming out, which okay. I would say check the first one out. It's, it's not bad. And it's out there to stream. Yeah, surely it's. Uh, I'm not sure where right now, but it came FX out. FX Network. So. It looks like. Okay. Um. More. More. 
sequels here slash reboots. Uh, did you ever see these Strangers movies? Oh, yes. The first one uh, I still have bad thoughts about because I never it watched looks it. like it. Oh, it, it's very good. Okay. If you're going to watch any of them, watch, holds up. watch that one and then stop because yeah. the other two, I don't even yeah. know if I saw the third one, but uh, first one's really good. Yeah, that guy's mask, it's pretty much just a pillowcase. Super unsettling. I'm sure that just scared people for years about having home invaders. But um, so we're getting an entire new trilogy based on them uh, on the home invasion horror classic. They're calling it horror classic. But um, first look at what's in store next month during New York Comic Con, which we can't I can't wait for that. I think I'm sure we'll get a ton of good movie news and trailers and all that stuff from New York Comic Con. Um, specific release dates for each installment haven't been unveiled, but uh, it seems to confirm that all three entries are going to come out next year. Uh, with filming on the first movie finishing last year. So I think we're going to get all three next year, which is kind of crazy. Netflix kind of did that with those uh, Fear Street movies. There. Did you see those? I have not. I know Sophie has. I, I was not really into them. Those were actually solid for like kind of like campy horror movies, but they did okay. that. They would release one and then like another month later they did part two and then part three. So that's kind of cool. I'm here for I'm here for all the movies that are worth watching. So. Yeah. Um, but apparently it says the remake centers on a couple who drive cross country to begin a new life in the Pacific North Northwest. When their car breaks down in Venus, Oregon, they're forced to spend the night in a secluded Airbnb when they are terrorized from dusk till dawn by three masked strangers. So pretty much the same thing as the original movie, except now it's an Airbnb. A uh, fun fact about the original one. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his real Glenn Howardson. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. From Always Sunny, isn't it? Oh, really? Yeah, barely, but he is in it. Okay, so what's he get killed? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> it's fucking That's blasted. Awesome. Um, yeah, that'll be cool, except now I'm going to be terrified to go to Airbnbs uh, in the woods. Which I still kind of am. Yeah, it's weird being <laughs> in an Airbnb, especially in the middle of the woods. Yeah. We've done that like a couple times now. We'll go on trips for Tay's birthday in October, and last year we went on one and it was literally just a big abandoned cabin in the woods we got there in the in the oh, dark boy. it was it was terrifying <laughs> so yeah it's <laughs> it, it, it's a weird thing airbnbs you know yeah you, you rent someone's home yeah. i haven't stayed in one for a while but like three years ago i had to go to indianapolis mm -hmm. and uh i i took an airbnb and it was straight up a dude's basement yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and he was like, still upstairs. Up, it'll just be like rooms of houses and shit. It's crazy. Yeah. We just stayed yeah. in one this weekend for a wedding we were at, and it was actually nice. It was downtown in Bloomfield, so it was like an urban area, but we were getting ready to check out. We just had to like leave. It was like 11 o'clock. Yeah. We had to leave by. It was like 10.50. We're getting ready to leave. I'm in the kitchen, and then the lady just that, that cleans the place just walks in. What's she used the code and got in our door. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. So, and those cleaning fees are fucking absurd. That's the most oh, expensive yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Airbnb's cool, but I guess creepy now. So creepy. after watching after watching this new movie, I'll probably be scared. <laughs> um, so we're also getting a Thanksgiving movie, and I know what you're thinking. What the hell is that? What are we talking about here? So it's an Eli Roth horror movie. Um, I guess this was... It might have been a trailer in another movie, like as a joke, but so it's... After a Black Friday riot ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the infamous holiday. It's actually Eli Roth's first horror movie in a decade. 
and it's starring Patrick Dempsey and Addison Ray, the TikToker. <laughs> All right. So really weird cast there. Uh, theatrical release is going to be November 17th. So I think it, isn't that actually Black Friday? That might be. When did you say what day? Uh, November 17th. No, no, never mind. Three. No, no. Okay. Next week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's cool. Uh, we'll see how that, I, Eli Roth knows horror. So that'll be cool to see right after Thanksgiving. Go see the Thanksgiving horror movie. Why are people making horror movies that aren't coming out in October, though, is the thing. we, Besides yeah. The Exorcist, that's the only really scary movie we're getting in October. It's which, really been scattered all over the year. Yeah. People should be putting out horror movies a lot closer to Halloween. Yeah. So that means, like, well, I guess Saw is coming out next week, and that's it's getting there, but it's not close, close. enough. Right. I don't think there's a lot coming out in October as far as horror goes, besides uh, the new Exorcist movie, which, I mean, is probably going to be terrifying it looks scary as hell yeah, let's see here in october horror movies uh exorcist which you said um horror horror johnny z fuck is that horror action film about a half human half zombie oh god oh okay. god. <laughs> i'm already out uh so no uh horror 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 nope nope killers of the flower moon is not horror Oh, no, we get great old uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, my gosh. That'll be great. And then on October 31st on Halloween, you get one, two, three, five horror movies, which are all, nope, not all. Most are uh, very low budget films. The one that is not is called The Canterville Ghost, which hmm. will also have Stephen Fry, who we just talked about, uh, Hugh Laurie, Dr. House. Uh, Toby oh, wow. Jones, who, if you see his face, you'll know him from everything, but I know him mostly as uh, Dobby. Oh, okay. House Elf. <laughs> and then uh, Freddie Highmore, who is the good doctor. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> Charlie Bucket. Oh, I hate so, I hate Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's so unsettling. It is. Uh, all the anime, like all the way that the, everything about it is weird. <laughs> it's creepy out. Yeah, uh, but this is a kids horror movie. It is animated, huh. kind of. I don't know. It do, it doesn't look great. I know we're gonna talk about it eventually, but I, I I can't think of any good animated horror movie. That that's kind of a combination that doesn't always happen. The Scooby Doo yeah. count. I guess so. I would say Scooby-Doo Zombie Island is one of the scariest movies back in the day. And it was terrifying. It's so good. I miss that shit. Like the like random Friday movies that like Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon would put out Disney. Uh-huh. I don't know if they still that do that. I guess Disney Plus does that, but they're like not saying that the ones that came out back then were good, but they were at least watchable. Yeah, yeah. I don't really get too much stuff like that now. But the last thing here on news, this one, you don't think you sound interested, but let's talk about it. So, Monsters of California, Tom DeLonge's directorial debut. Yeah. So, it's going to be releasing on October 6th in theaters and on demand. Uh, the film follows three friends who uncover a vast government government conspiracy, but with a <laughs> dash of humor and attitude you'd expect from Tom DeLonge. So, yeah, right. right there, I'm hooked immediately. Okay. Uh, I can't wait. So that's one thing coming out in October we got looking forward to. But um, so the film takes 
My fascination with the unexplained combines it with the skate culture I grew up a part of and tosses it tosses in my ridiculous sense of humor that millions got to witness during my Blink-182 days, Tom DeLonge said yeah. in a statement. And they said, in recent years, I've had the good fortune of helping the government remember how much they care about <laughs> UFOs through the work we can do at To The Stars and it's an experience in which helped me inspire this movie. Uh, I can't wait for audience to see how fucked up fun adventure these kids go on. So that sounds awesome. I can't wait. We love Tom yeah, Long. We love Blink-182. So, yeah, I'll be watching this as soon as it comes out. Fuck yeah. That, that's going to be sick. Other than that, though, that's the end of news. Not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton. Uh, Just some new movies coming out eventually. Yeah, great one to end on with the Monsters of California. Because it sounds... We were kind of talking horror. We know Tom's into aliens. Mm-hmm. And, man, that's... That's going to be exciting. I, I see him again in a, next month. That's awesome. I'm very excited. That new album's got to be coming soon. I've seen Talking a little about bit it of for it. so long. Yeah, I know. Finally going to happen. I don't know when officially, but I, we'll just keep releasing singles. It's the only that's fine. That's how a lot of things go now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Also, I was thinking about the super random off topic, but I was thinking about this the other day. You know how like albums would get platinum albums you know it's a million yeah, records yeah. sold or something like that that can't still be a thing right because oh, I, I think don't... it is actually but like I, so I think now many just... of it streamed yeah i think however many streams ends up going counts as like a like a sale or what there's a certain way to go about it now but yeah yeah i mean nobody's buying like nobody's buying albums anymore right right yeah i just thought that was kind of interesting like man completely change how that goes so it's like i don't even know let's see here Cer certification thresholds five hundred thousand would be for gold million for platinum 10 million for diamond okay but what about what about now <laughs> uh since okay since 2016 the riaa who is the one who does all this stuff includes on-demand audio and video streams and tracks sale equivalent in gold and platinum album awards yeah okay i don't know what a I, I don't know what, is but yeah it's probably got to be a shitload yeah something that's for a different podcast but yeah just something i thought about <laughs> the other day i'm like that's weird to think about i wonder how many diamond albums there are how many diamond albums do you think there are oh found out we right now find out yeah what do you got 92 92 okay how many Ooh, is this gonna turn into a game with billy it might actually except it's gonna be music billy so music billy well he uh well, 20 million or more copies okay so here we go there's only one two three four five six so there's only six no seven albums that have sold 20 million or more copies which is all right let's fucking insane okay uh this is gonna be tough i I don't know a lot of album names. Yeah, just so go can artist. I, can I just say artist? Okay, Beatles? Yeah. No. Michael Jackson. Yep, Thriller. Thriller 34 okay. million shipments sold. 34 times platinum. Okay, so Michael Jackson, he only has one up there? Yeah, yep. Um, Man, really, no, no Beatles. That shocks me. This next band has two on there. Shit. Uh... Can you give me a decade from when they're from? 70s. 70s. Zeppelin? Actually, yeah, Zeppelin's on there. So, Untitled, their Zeppelin 4 album? 24 million shipments sold. 24 times platinum. Jesus. 
Um, okay, so Zeppelin. Yep, so only Michael two. Jackson. Two more, technically, since there's two of the one band. Two of the one band, shit. Uh, Three more, but yeah, two. Zeppelin's up there. I don't think Bon Jovi. Uh, Queen? No Queen. No Queen, damn. Um, No Beatles. Metallica. No Metallica. Rolling Stones. Nope, no Stones either. God damn. <laughs> All right, I'm dying here. Um, okay, the next seven. one, I'll give you a hint. It's an e. It. Oh, I just well, I was gonna say it's an animal. It's it's the Eagles. That's the one that's got oh, two drums wow. on there. Yeah, Hotel California, and then their greatest hits album. Wow, thirty-eight. Not... Apparently, one of the apparently the best-selling album of all time is the Eagles' greatest hits album, thirty-eight times platinum. Feels like that shouldn't count. No, it's actually nuts. <laughs> Other ones are just uh, Back in Black, ACDC, and then Rumors, Fleetwood Mac. So I thought I would I would not have got Fleetwood Mac. I yeah. thought about doing ACDC, and I'm like, nah, no way. If Zeppelin, yeah. well, I guess Zeppelin was there, but I didn't think ACDC was going to be that big. That's wild. Like, I've heard of Eagles and all that stuff. I never realized they were, like, Dude, that big, though. Like Me neither. The um, I, I remember my uncle would play their live DVD, like, at our camp randomly. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I know this song. You know, it's just, like, every few songs, I'd be like, I have heard this, but wouldn't actually know that I knew it was them. But, uh, I, just, I mean, Hotel California does slap. That, yeah, absolutely, it does. But <laughs> fucking diamond album number one that it's just wild i was gonna say taylor swift but not yet yeah she's not <laughs> even in the 15 to 19 there's a quite a few more of the 15 to 19 million copies sold and, but and that's kind of where it comes back into play where is it harder now to get that because it's not as For easy sure. to track even though like the streaming numbers help or whatever there's yeah, yeah. there's still like the top there's not an album from the 2000s until we get into the Marshall Mathers LP, wow. and that sold 12.9 million. So it's 11 times platinum. But and then there's like an NSYNC, a, a Britney Spears, which is getting there close. And then there's a Beatles album too. But like a lot of these are from a long time ago. The um, okay, I found I found the the answer. 150 streams counts as a single sale sale for a single. So for an album. It needs to be more. Okay. To just based on streams to be platinum, it needs 150 million streams. Oh wow. So that's kind of crazy. Like if you think about it, oh, like I'm anytime sorry. anytime Drake drops an album, I'm sure then it goes freaking it's crazy. It's 150 million for a single. For an album, it's 1.5 billion. Whoa. So yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no wonder why nobody's making. Yeah, no, no wonder nobody's making platinum and diamond albums anymore. Well, Insig's about to come back, and they'll they'll get one. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyways, movie podcast. That's what we're doing. (laughs) That was that was a spawn of our music podcast. Yeah, that. I mean, it's interesting. I think for sure. I mean, yeah. I bet people didn't know that. Now you do. No, Eagles' best-selling record of all time, greatest hits. That's probably something that would have been in like our. Guinness Book of World Record book. Yeah. You know, back sure. then. Uh, okay, anyways. So I know I know one yeah. song on this on this album, by the way. It's Slow Ride. I think that's it, at least. Take it easy. Uh, by who? 
Eagles? Is that is that the no, same? No, that one? that's not them. Yeah. No, slow ride oh. is uh. Is oh, it this is called this is called take it easy then. Yeah, yeah. Slow ride is called slow ride. Uh, Fog hat. That's who sings that one. I think the only. I mean, I'm sure. I, I'm sure this is not true, but it sounds like the only Eagles song I know is Hotel California. And this is and the best selling album of all time. That's crazy. I thought that too. So if you listen to it, I guarantee there will be at least like two more that you're like, I know this song. Probably. They probably just get played on like DVE all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Before yeah. and after the Steelers games. Yeah. <laughs> after we're sad. Yeah. Oh gosh. I forgot they don't even play today. So our yeah. sadness is delayed for another night. Thanks. Uh, so I'll talk about shortcomings now. Uh, so we're going to jump quickly into it. So saw shortcomings that came out last week. This is uh, Kendall Park's directorial debut. Um, I, I got to make sure I said his name correctly. Randall Park. I said Kendall. Randall Park. Uh, directorial debut. You will know Randall Park from quite a few things. He plays Asian Jim in the Off, uh, off the Boat, I believe is what it's called. WandaVision? Fresh Off uh-huh. the Boat is what it's called. Yeah, so this is the second Asian romance movie in a row that has disappointed me. Uh, the okay. first one being Past Lives, you know, but Past Lives mm-hmm. disappointed way more because it is already on the list of like likely to be nominated for Best Picture. It has a crazy high rating and I just hated it. Mm-hmm. With that said, I did like this one better because okay. there's at least substance to some of the characters. You know, you feel a little bit for them, definitely way more than you did in Past Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they, there's some humor in it as well, which I enjoyed. That was probably my favorite part because the story itself isn't great. And what's also interesting is this is based on a graphic novel. Yeah, if this was based off a graphic novel, that graphic novel has to be very, very boring. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> kind of a weird concept for a graphic novel, too. Yeah, and to go a little bit more into it, uh, it follows the story of Ben who is an Asian-American living in L.A. He wants to be a filmmaker, writer, uh, screenplay person, all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. He is, it feels like he's struggling. Uh, He's not really having success, but the girl he is dating uh, is finding some success. And it's almost like you get the feeling he's jealous of that. Mm -hmm. And he's just kind of a dick. You know, like the movie opens with, uh, them being in a showing for a movie that she helped with. I'm not sure exactly what she did, but she helped with this film. And everyone's like giving her praise and everything. He's like, eh, it's okay. You know, it was nothing great and like shit like that. He's just kind of mm-hmm. a dick. Um, okay. So eventually it leads into them taking a break and she moves to New York to, uh, she got some internship um that had her go to new york and he didn't go with her so they're taking a break it another big part of the story which is super weird uh it really focuses on his desire to be with a white woman (laughs) that's like his thing (laughs) is white women and i'm like okay that i mean that's fine but why is there so much focus on this um and that's like his whole his whole thing so he starts to get into this girl that he works with and she's like very typical well stereotypical i should say uh mm-hmm. uh art artsy person okay and uh to give an example of that she is start, she was starting an art project where she takes a picture of her piss every morning 
<laughs> and she's going to turn that into an art exhibit. So that's, like, that's the type of t- person we're talking about here. Holy uh, shit, that rules. With that said, like stuff like that was really funny, but it was kind of few and far between. My favorite person in this entire movie is, and I also have to question this. So her name, obviously not her real name, but her stage name is Sherry Cola. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she's from Joyride. But mm-hmm. why are the Asian actresses naming themselves after beverages? I don't know. That's wild. Actually, <laughs> got Sherry Cola and Aquafina. Yeah, and you know they're definitely. both spelled wrong, obviously. But yeah. So, um, the other guy who is in actually, couple uh, surprise faces that come into this. Uh, Jacob Battalion, but Battalion, um, but he's Ned from Spider Man. Oh, okay. So he's in there, and uh, he works at the movie theater that the main guy Ben works at, and they do kind of, you know, they make a little joke about Spider-Man. He's like, "Oh, I fucking love Spider-Man." And they're like, "Nah, new Spider-Mans are lame," you know. Obviously, <laughs> making fun of him being. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, the other guy here, Timothy uh, Simmons, who, honestly, when I look at him, I think of. Uh, oh no, I'm already drawing a blank to his name. Uh, he was Superman, and he was he's Geralt. Uh, 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 Henry Cavill. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like uh washed up Henry Cavill with a mustache. <laughs> uh, but when you actually see him in in things, that's that's not him. But he's quite a few things. I've been watching Veep uh, recently. Oh, this show is great. I want to start it, that. I think it it takes a little bit to catch on. It's not. Uh-huh. It's kind of a dry humor. Um, but it, it does take a little bit to catch on. But he's maybe my favorite part because everyone just fucking rips on him <laughs> um but he's in this as well i won't say who he is it's kind of spoilerly spoiler e okay. um but overall the the story itself is boring it felt very long and it is only an hour 32 oh wow i hate so that that's the worst it, it drags out comedy isn't always there but when it does when it is there it's pretty funny nice. um but overall, pretty damn boring. I did give it a higher rating than I did Past Lives because mm-hmm. um, it was not as boring as that. So I ended up with a four out of ten. Ooh, four out of ten. Okay. Yeah. I I this I thought this one didn't look too bad, but now after hearing that, I think I'm gonna skip it. I think yeah. I'm gonna skip it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. I'm. I kind of thought you know Justin Min and Cherry Cole would be a funny combo, but <laughs> turns out maybe not that funny. And I really like Randall Park. I think, I think if he directs a movie, yeah, that maybe he has a hand in writing, and it's not based of off of something that already exists, he'll uh-huh. do better. Because yeah. I don't know what made him chose this graphic novel because it's boring as shit. It's such a weird graphic novel too. Like the yeah. idea of a, I don't know. I don't get that as a as a, as a graphic novel. Very it weird. Doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> no. So. Hopefully you had a better experience, uh, what, two days ago, Ty, when you saw Haunting in Venice? Uh, yeah. It uh, well, Thursday, Thursday. But, Thursday, um, gotcha. So, yeah, let's jump right into it. So, like I was saying earlier, it's the third installment in Kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie uh, novel movies. Like we said, the first was The Murder on the Orient Express, second, Death on the Nile. Both pretty solid. I never watched the first one, so maybe I will, just to, since I've been a big murderish, murder mystery kick lately. Um, so Kenneth Branagh, he directs, but he also returns as Hercule Poirot, Poirot, uh, it's French, um, 
film also stars Michelle Yeoh, Tina Fey, Jamie Dornan, and Kelly Riley. Uh, she's Beth in Yellowstone, if you ever watched Yellowstone. Okay. Beth Dutton. Um, it's it's currently a 6.7 on IMDb and 78% certified fresh critic score, but only a 50% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which was kind of wild. That was whenever I saw it. Let's see if that changed at all. If it'll load on my computer. Just have the Haunting in Venice. 79% and 77%. Okay, so somebody must have been review bombing it or something that day because I figured it would be a lot higher audience score than that, so... That's up to 70 now, but then uh, for comparison, the Orient Express only had a 6.5 on IMDb, 61 critic and 54 audience on Rotten Tomatoes, and then Death on the Nile, 6.3 on IMDb and 61 critic and 82 audience. So people like that one a little bit better. Seems like this one so far the best one yet though. And uh, I think I have to agree. I agree with that. So um, I didn't even know this film was coming out until a couple weeks ago when we talked about it. Um, it doesn't seem like it's getting a ton of marketing and uh, I was only one of three people in it for uh, whenever I got there. So that's better than being alone, I guess. <laughs> so at least I made a little bit more money. Um, I love a good murder mystery, though, in the whodunit genre, like especially with Knives Out. That's the absolute peak. Glass Onion was pretty good. And Death on a Nile was probably third on that list as far as recent ones go. Um, this one, though, it we, we talked about it. Uh, I could do another quick synopsis. So post-World War II... The detective's retired, living on his own. He goes to a seance, and then one of the guests is murdered, and uh, he's back solving the murder. So I liked that a lot. It was a different feel from the beginning. It, rather than just being hired on as a detective to go solve a mystery, he, it kind of just it kind of just happens. Reluctantly, it happens. And it's got a bit of a spooky vibe going, too, which adds another layer to the murder mystery. Um, not a ton of complaints from me. Just a few minor things here and there, like how it takes place in Venice, but maybe only two people are French. <laughs> Everyone else just has a British or American accent. There's a few boring spots, uh, like whenever they... Wait. Wait, what, what about the French in Venice? So, um, one of the only things I... A few minor complaints here. Like, it takes place in Venice, but I think only two people are French. Oh. That, that, take, well, that are and, in the movie. And this is in Italy. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> that, that's where I got confused. I was like, wait, what I missed? <laughs> okay, so then never mind. It still stands. So no one's Italian. Even though, even though yeah, there's nobody that there's nobody, there's nobody that's Italian. Um, everybody has a British or an American accent. <laughs> um, there's a few boring spots uh, whenever they get into people's backgrounds and stuff, like interviewing them for, you know, trying to figure out who did the murder or all that. But it has a solid pace and it's only an hour and 45, so it's not too long. And the fact that you're trying to guess what's going on the whole time makes up for that. So you're kind of trying to figure out, put the piece together for the murder mystery. So it goes by pretty quick. Uh, I definitely think if you're a fan of the murder mysteries, you'll enjoy this one. And I think it's definitely the best one of Kenneth Branagh's. I don't think his detective is my favorite, though. Like, I think, obviously, Benoit Blanc is the guy when it comes to these now. Uh, Daniel Craig. Um, but I gave Death on the Nile a 7 a couple years ago. So for this one, I think I'm going to go 8. Um, it's just as good as Death, as Death on the Nile, but maybe a little bit better. Like I said before, Knives Out is like a damn near perfect movie in my book. And Glass Onion's pretty good. It's not as good as Glass, or it's not as good as Knives Out, but... Um, and it's probably a little bit better than this one. But um, I did get caught... 
I kind of caught on. Okay, here we go. I kind of caught on at who did the killing, but they kind of flipped it around on me, so I was wrong. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah. Keeps you guessing. They're, they drop some good hints along the way to keep you guessing, mm-hmm. but uh, like I said, Hercule Poirot versus Benoit Blanc. My money's on Benoit Blanc. <laughs> and I did see this movie did not beat The Nun 2 at the box office this weekend, so that's not a great look. Oh, so wow. Maybe, and Nun 2, maybe two came out two weeks ago, or last yeah. week. Yeah, so wow, it I don't know, I either tied or it lost out to the nun two at the box office in its first week, which is not a good look. But it's like I said, it, getting closer to getting closer to Halloween, so maybe people want to see the nun. But like we said, that could have waited till October and had a right. better release, did better. But yeah, haunting events. It's a good who done it. You know, it's worth a watch. I think. Cool. They they don't try to bring in any like lame oh now there's a spirit trying to kill people or shit like that it's all like actual we're trying to find humans we're not trying to find some demon killing people yeah they they try to make i don't want to spoil too much yeah um, but but yeah there's there's like a spooky vibe to it but it all it's all based in reality gotcha yeah yeah cool well i'm glad he had a better experience than i did with these newer movies because with that eight without my rating uh granted that would tie it for fifth place at the moment. And we just talked about, you know, our, our top five movies mm-hmm. uh, a couple episodes ago. So that may stay up there depending on my rating. And yeah, hopefully I'll see it soon. But yeah, I'm still looking at this. I, I still want to see Bottoms. Um, yeah, Bottoms is great. That sounds hilarious. so funny. Uh, I'm probably so, going to end up changing a lot of my ratings. Like I said before, like if I see yeah. Bottoms again, I'll probably bump it up. because It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I think we'll need to... You know, there's going to be a lot of ties, and we'll yeah. just have to reorder them. Yeah, yep. But, cool, cool. Now, Michelle... I do have a hot take about this movie. Okay. I think people that are on SNL aren't all great actors. That Tina is... Fey, I'm, all I'm not you. a big Tina Fey guy. Same. Uh, if, it, if, if Will Ferrell wasn't in comedy movies, he wouldn't really be a great actor, you know? Yeah. It's like... Uh, I don't know the best SNL actor. Like, who would that even be? They're good at what they do Bill on Hader. SNL, and they're and they're okay. Yeah, he's he's good. But yeah, but, some of them it's yeah. just hard to look past. Like, oh, that's just Tina Fey. I can't stand her. I don't like her one bit. And I can't stand Amy Fuller. Yep, yep. I can't stand either of them. Like, re- remember when they made those movies like way back? Uh, what was the one they made together where like one was trying to get pregnant and the other one couldn't get pregnant I don't remember some shit yeah, like that um, but no they're de- they're way better writers than they are at acting yeah. like you know Tina Fey wrote um, Mean Girls oh really yeah so like they, they obviously have talent there otherwise they wouldn't be on SNL yeah, it's just like sure. I don't know that they just bother the me. application they, yeah, yeah I just don't like the way that they act uh, Other Michelle, than that, though, Michelle, Michelle Yeoh, Yeoh is in yeah. She's still still good after she winning. Good. She did win really Best good. Actress, right? I think she so. Did. Yeah, yeah. Go her. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh owns. She's the best. Uh, Kenneth Branagh, even though he directed it, I don't really love this character all that much. Like the detective mm. with his French accent, or yeah, French. He's French. That's why I got so confused. Gotcha, he's gotcha. French in the he's movie, French. but he's in Venice, um, and he's so, from Ireland. Yeah, it's like a whole big <laughs> so cluster there. His accent, like, is just kind of obnoxious, and his mustache gotcha. is obnoxious as hell too. 
<laughs> just tri trim it, dude. But <laughs> oh, that's why I recognize him. I just watched Valkyrie with yeah. Tom Cruise. He's in that. So, did you ever hear the theory that Tom Cruise is wearing a fake ass in that movie? In Valkyrie? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna send no. you the picture. <laughs> I'm trying to like think about the scenes where I would even see his ass. <laughs> I mean, he did get blown to pieces, so maybe they had to give him one. Look at this. This is so hilarious, dude. This uh, is going to make you laugh. Tom Cruise denies wearing a fake ass in Valkyrie, all this stuff. But it, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's just blown up. This huge, <laughs> huge ass. Not a fucking thick ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise um, denies wearing a fake butt in the movie, but people aren't buying it. He just wanted to look caked up whenever he was bent over right. like that for the movie. I'm about to get destroyed. Better get porked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, cool. So, yeah, I never saw... No, I did see Murder on the Orient Express. Didn't see Death on the Nile. I like Death on the Nile. It's a cool... It's like a different setting. This one, it's kind of just uh, like in a dark, like big, dark building. Death on the Nile, though, it's, you're on a boat. So, that was cool. Yeah, so first one on a train. Now they're on train, a boat. Are boat. they not on any sort of transportation here nope just a house nope, i mean there's a there a lot of little boats and stuff in like the channels and shit of sure. italy but yeah cool i will have to give that one a go they actually did film it in italy i hate when movies are like this is where it takes place and then they don't actually film it there yeah there's like, no way that the uh um, there's no way they could have done it without being there i think yeah so i don't know if you can do all those little boats and all the channels and all that cool uh post world now they're all do you have to see the other ones i know you said you haven't seen the first one but like do, do you think it matters like or did you miss anything because of no that? no the only thing that's the same is the detective guy and really i mean all he does is interview other people new people whenever all, everything unfolds so gotcha. you don't even you don't need to know his backstory or anything like that he's just a detective oh yeah there is nobody else it's it is just him yep yep russell brand was in the last one. Oh yeah he was <laughs> and, I'll probably watch the Orient Express one. Or I, I did like that one. That's um, like the I whole actually, murder mystery thing on uh, Netflix too, like Murder Mystery Two. Yeah, yeah. Your, because I think that that was the thing, right? Like, it used to be a thing where they would do these like fake murder mysteries on a train. Yeah, and, and it's all just based on the actual book Murder on the Orient Express. Exactly, and. I think the reason I know that is, funny enough, we were just talking about King of the Hill. There's an episode where Hank tries to do a murder mystery thing on a train for Peggy. <laughs> it, it, something goes wrong and they figure it out in like the first five minutes. So they just have to sit on a train for like hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but yeah. It, I guess Bruno was in Oppenheimer. He played Boar. He's in a lot of shit. He is. Hercule. Henry V, Hamlet. And it, yeah. And it. Tenet. So he's he's uh he's another uh Nolan he's guy. He's a Nolan guy, even though he's his own director too. Yeah. Is he in Batman? No. He's directed Holy a bunch of stuff. He directed um Belfast. I fucking forgot he was Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. Oh wow. Me too. <laughs> I forgot about that. Damn. A fucking scumbag, liar pants. <laughs> uh awesome. Ty, I don't we're we're getting closer to better movies. The September has been a bit rough next week. I think it sounds like you're going to take uh, 
the I'll bullet the and see bullet. the expendables <laughs> i think i will i haven't I, yeah. I think the only one i saw was ever the first one but same i'll do it for the pod but you know two weeks after uh i'm sorry the week after that we get saw 10 which is all i really care about uh-huh. the creator which looks pretty good Creator does look good it looks different and then uh what else we got money's we coming get... out sometime i don't even know they keep the dates are so weird around. with it yeah it just keeps getting pushed around uh the kill room i don't know what the hell that is but it's samuel jackson uma thurman joe magnello that that's a lot of firepower in one movie it doesn't sound bad uh, so that is coming out. Who is directing? Nicole Payone. He has done fucking nothing. Well, all right. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But at least we have something else to look forward to. Uh, it's getting better. We're we're in a dip. And then I think we're going to start peaking again around October, November. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But Ty, I think it's time we hop off here, watch some football and... Uh, and then it's already Monday tomorrow. Not excited. Yeah, I know. And then we get ready to watch the Steelers lose, probably. We don't, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Coco, we will see everyone next time.